You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella, and you're listening to Bell Book and Candle. Thanks for having your witchy selves with us today. I had such a good time talking to our guest, Chelsea Quint, that I split up our interview into two segments. And so you're going to get the second part of the interview today. I was just so thrilled and intrigued with all the different things that we chatted about. And so today's episode is all about the somatic journaling method. And we're also going to touch on some topics surrounding death and dying. So stay with us. It's going to be a really eye-opening conversation, I think. Chelsea is a healer, writer, and a conscious business mentor helping folks ditch toxic programming so they can live their legacies right here, right now. It is just such an honor to have Chelsea Quint with us today. change things up a little bit and ask you about the somatic journaling method. Tell us about that. Mm. So I love that I've already I've already assigned some journaling homework. Yeah. <laughs> journaling is so important. It's so important. And I uh, so I've been as I would imagine many of y'all listening have been in the sort of like personal development, spiritual development. I've been playing in this space, reading all the books playing, doing the courses, doing the classes for a minute or a while. Um, and I, I feel like I've found that go journal on it is a really common piece Mm -hmm. of wisdom. And there is absolutely wisdom in that. But through working with clients over the years, I realized that journal on it does not actually mean the same thing to everyone. Mm. And for a lot of people, especially if you have this kind of rupture, this rift between yourself and your intuition, what ends up happening when you're journaling is it's almost like you're trying to find, you're digging for the right answer. Mm. You're like, okay, I have this prompt and I got to dig for the right answer and I got to find it. And is this right? You're trying to do it right instead of getting creative and being curious. Mm, Yeah. And so a lot of that I've found comes from residing only in the mind and trying to find the answer logically, what makes sense, what do I know intellectually, and trying to find the answer. You are only, this is not an actual statistic, I'm totally making this up, but you are only tapping into like 10% of what you know and your wisdom and the resources you have if you're only in your mind. Yeah. And much like we live in a world that teaches us not to listen to our intuition, we live in a world that kind of cuts us off from our bodies, cuts us off from the wisdom of our bodies, devalues the wisdom of our bodies. Even in like therapeutic spaces, even in the field of psychology, it's only in the past couple decades that we've been really starting to look at the classic book, The Body Keeps the Score, 
and the idea that the body keeps the score. It does. Your body has a cellular memory yeah. in ways that your mind does not. Your body mm-hmm. remembers very, very, very differently. So, long-winded way of explaining how I came to somatic journaling was I started actually with with private clients trying to kind of reteach them, help them unlearn what journaling, what they thought journaling was, of trying to find the right answer and relearn this much more creative, embodied process of journaling, which is a tool that can be used for manifestation and energy work practices, creation practices, or and or for healing practices and kind of catharsis, creating release. So essentially the process is you use a little bit of breath work to a little bit of breath work and some mindfulness techniques to create a slightly altered state. The science of it is we are trying to shift your brain from a beta down into an alpha state, um, which is kind of light meditation state. So we start there and then you stream of consciousness, right? I often have playlists so that it's kind of, it's a lot of like binaural beats or different music helps to create this more almost trancey sort of state mm-hmm. where you are writing on their sort of i have different practices for working with moons different practices for manifestation for healing work but you're responding to these prompts that help you bring up into your conscious mind so we are trying to excavate stuff from your deeper source of knowing into your conscious mind and then help you build a relationship with it. So I, I think so much of like, I, I do a lot of parts work and I believe we are all made up of these different parts. So you're bringing up this part of you, say you're doing an inner child somatic journaling practice. You're bringing up this inner child part of you using stream of consciousness writing from this altered state to build a relationship with that inner child. And then the really yummy somatic part is where you start to move through your space, making sound, that there are some questions that are like, if this part of you was in the room, where would it be? If this part of you, what does this part of you need in order to believe in your manifestation, in order to feel that you've already achieved what you're trying to achieve, in order to feel healed? And then you go through and you somatically act out that experience. So you move through the room the way that this part of you would move. You make sound the way this part of you would make sound. If you need to scream into a pillow, you scream into a pillow. If there's anger this part of you needs to express, then you may be punching a pillow. It's a very, it's a very um, individual process, each and, and within your own somatic journaling practice, each practice is going to look a bit different. It's dance, it's movement, it's kind of um, more primal movement and primal expression. And then once you get to once you get to a point of catharsis, feeling like, okay, I feel like this part of me has gotten what it needed, or I feel a little more confident in this part of me, right? You come back to sit and plant a seed of from here what's possible. You come back, you sit, you ground back in, and then you start to visualize or stream of consciousness, right? From this point, what's possible? So we always end in a opening portals space of now that I've kind of cleared some of this out, now that I've really brought in the feeling of my manifestation could be here, what's possible? 
So that's the practice. <laughs> when you say stream of consciousness writing, is that akin to what people call automatic writing? Yes, yes. So it's the the basic the basic premise is the way I like to describe it is what I said earlier of the only requirement is that your pen is on your paper and it is moving. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or I say, you know, imagine that your hand is literally is transcribing your thoughts. Mm. No edit, no filtering. Whatever comes through your brain flows through your pen. Okay. So for the somatic journaling method, is this something that you teach classes on? Do you do it with private clients? How, how do people learn that and practice that with you? All of the above. Um, I, we do, yes, we do live classes. There is a digital course version of it that people can um, learn the practice in. I, I'm big on live experiences. I love e-learning and, and e-learning products and I'm big on live experiences and in-person community. So there is a course and there's actually a membership that is in the process of being rolled out in, it'll probably be rolled out by the time this is airing. Um, so there's a membership that includes live practices every month. So you can use this practice for really anything. So there are also guided audio practices where you can take yourself through the journey and those practices kind of come out each month depending on the themes of the month that we're working with. So. Okay. I'm a hypnosis practitioner, so as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my God, there's so much that this could be done during a hypnosis session. Absolutely. Because otherwise they're doing it in their head, but you're saying they're doing this outright. Yes. And here's the, there is absolutely tremendous value in doing the things in your head. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of this came from anecdotal experience of me working with an actual human and being like, okay, this is working, but not as potently. Yeah. And one of my myriad fascinations is I'm a huge nervous system nerd. I am huge on understanding trauma and the body. Everything I do is deeply, deeply trauma informed and a, a part of my, my work in the world is mm -hmm. creating a more trauma informed world. So when we're doing things in our heads, again, you are limiting the extent, the fullness of your body that could yeah. be involved in the process, right? So by, and, and again, as I, I said previously, our bodies remember in ways that are different than our brains. There's, it's, a, it's a different, like literally the cells are different, right? Our biological makeup is different. And so to fully be able to, I think about it in either embody a manifestation and feel the feelings of this thing I'm creating is already here, or create a fully, a full catharsis around a past trauma, a past pain, a heartbreak, whatever it may be, you, I believe you've got to get the body involved. Yeah. And when you do so, by literally moving your body yeah. in ways that they don't have to make sense. Because oftentimes, think about the way we respond in trauma. That's what we're doing is allowing the body in somatic journaling. We are very carefully bringing up whatever gunk is in there and then asking, hey, how did you need to move mm -hmm. to actually release this? Yeah. And then letting you release it in a safe space yeah. and coming back saying, okay, basically we are pulling the root 
of some funky belief system, some funky lack of self-trust, what have you, pulling it out, letting it complete its life cycle, mm-hmm. and then coming back in and closing and saying, okay, great. If this thing had never taken root when you were seven or 13 or 22 or 45 or whatever, if it had never taken root, what could have been possible? And replacing it with some new roots, some new infrastructure, it's a very exciting process. <laughs> I think that's why tapping is so powerful because you are, I mean, there's other reasons why it's powerful too, but you're moving your body and working that out. Do you use tapping? I do. I love emotional freedom technique and tapping. Mm-hmm. Tapping you can actually combine with somatic journaling. I do sometimes, but mm. I think of EFT and tapping as almost a, a bridge between a super mind-oriented practice like talk therapy or like a meditation or guided visualization or like some of the more mental journaling, right? Mm-hmm. Like EFT is a bridge between those kinds of mind-oriented practices, which are beautiful. I'm not anti-mind. I'm just pro whole body treatment, yeah. right? Yeah. So EFT is a bridge between that sort of thing and the really like my embodiment practice is like somatic journaling practices sometimes look weird. When I first work with a lot of clients, they're like, I don't, I can't make a sound. What are you talking about? Like, you yeah. want me to like grunt? Like, that's so weird. And like, yeah, it is. Like these days I just grunt all the time. I'm like, <laughs> my neighbors, I live in Brooklyn. So our, all of our neighbors, like we all hear each other. I'm like, they must think I'm real weird. And I am, but I'm also like really expressed and confident and that I I was not like I have such a complex PTSD background my history does not match the human I am today yeah mine either because right and it's so much because of this work that's why I get so amped up on it is that I mean I am literally I'll be celebrating my 30th birthday in a couple of weeks and um I was thinking back on the last decade and thinking back on 19-year-old me, like, oh my God. And I think (laughs) to an extent that's normal, right? Like we change a lot in 10 years, but the extent to which my confidence has changed, the way that I trust myself has changed, the way my life looks, how, how good I let things be is just, I, I don't even know. I have sounds. I have sounds. I don't have words. (laughs) So that's why I get so amped up on these practices is that they can complete, they can create and hold space for such literally unbelievable, illogical transformation. Yeah. And EFT, EFT was one of my gateways because when I when I first started a lot of my spiritual practice, I did not connect to my intuition. I was so dang skeptical of everything. If there wasn't science behind it, like nope. I was a da- I was a very hardcore yoga teacher who was like, this is not a spiritual practice. Like mm-hmm. that's how disconnected I was. Yeah. Was I thought my yoga was not a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. EFT, right? It was this gateway between I see the science. There's a lot of science behind EFT. But it also created some shifts in me that I was like, this doesn't even make sense. How could I have felt so triggered 30 minutes ago and like not feel reactive right now? What? Yeah. And that 
so that was my gateway that started me down the rabbit hole of like, <laughs> what happens if we do even more witchy, esoteric yeah. practices? And now I'm just full on years later. But I do still like to provide that gateway, which is yeah. why somatic journaling, the end of it, once you're a little bit in it, it gets weird. I'm gonna be like, it gets weird. Yeah. But it has a really sacred structure and architecture around it to hopefully give you permission to start where you're at and build into the spaces of expressing, build into the space. For some people, their first somatic journaling practice is like, I am gonna lie in the floor and curl up and huddle. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I feel like I need right now. And I need to just kind of be in the space and let myself shake and cry and be in that space. Yeah. You might not be dancing around and wanting to get naked and like, but eventually <laughs> you absolutely might be. And you might be like howling and drumming and it, but that comes, hey, it could happen the first time. But a lot of times it comes with time yeah. and learning. Can I trust myself? Can I hold myself? Can I be this powerful mm. and expressed? The answer is you can, but you have to know that. I can tell you here all day, but you have to come to that knowing in your own body and in your own mind. And you have a podcast. I do. We just brought it back with a new name. Live Your Legacy mm. is the podcast, which is really a lot of my work is around helping healers, creatives, activists, artists create regenerative businesses. So a lot of the work I do is in like what would be called business coaching. Mm -hmm. It's a lot witchier than that. But it's, the you know, in the 3D world, it's business coaching. And so, yes, a lot of the podcast does tap into how can you build a business that is legacy building. Mm -hmm. But it's also about living your legacy kind of comes back to this question of what is it to thrive? Mm -hmm. And so often we put off living right? I think retirement is like one of the greatest concepts of this. It's like, just hold back just enough right now. Work right now. Take your two weeks off. Do this, do this, go through the motions so that you can have total freedom at the end. Yep. If anyone's ever like read any of the data about what people toward the end of their lives say, all of them wish they didn't wait. Right. <laughs> they right. all wish that at the end. So live your legacy is a basic is basically about living the things that make you feel alive. We could call it dharma, we can call it purpose, we can call it passion. There's so many labels we can put on it. But it's about living in a way that is fulfilling, nourishing, life-giving and legacy building now, today and tomorrow and yesterday so that you don't get to the end of life and think like, oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> dang it. I wish I lived more back then. Right? right. I teach a class on dying. I've taught it several times oh. over the past three years. Yes. And my kind of tagline for that is your impending death is the most powerful energy that you can harness in your life right now. Yes. Oh, that just gave me such chills. I have, I feel like you'll love this. There is, so I am very anti notifications. I have no notifications on my phone, except from an app that is called We Croak. Oh. <laughs> and five times a day, this gets morbid, y'all. People think I'm really weird when I tell them about this, but that's okay. I am really weird. 
it pops up with a notification five times a day saying, don't forget, you're going to die. And then if you open the app, it has a nice little quote about death or dying or living, like a nice little quote. That's the entire purpose of the app is to remind you, not in a morbid fascination or clinging or, oh my God, yeah. I'm running out of time way, but in a, right, yeah. it's the most powerful energy you can harness right now. Yeah, I'm going to put that on my phone because I that is all about it. what that class is about. Excellent. You know, it's it's about the fact, and you even mentioned this before, is looking to the future. You may not have a future. You may not have a tomorrow. Yeah. And so go ahead and live your life right now. Don't wait till you have a, a cancer diagnosis or someone that you thought never would die dies. And we live in this culture where we're pretty much taught and formed into these people that think we'll never die. Right. You know, we don't even, we're not even involved in the process of when someone dies anymore, really. Mm -hmm. And so it's taken us away as if, and even the terminology that we use, it's, it's all a failure. But in, in actuality, every single one of us, this body that we're in right now is going to die. So why not go ahead and harness that energy and live life to the full, fullest right now? That's great. <laughs> speaking my language. Absolutely it. speaking my language. So yeah, this this we croak is awesome for that concept. It's so it's so good. <laughs> and if more yeah, it's it's funny to me when I um when I tell people about it, their reactions are, are pretty it's pretty split. People are either like, That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm downloading it right now. Yeah. Or they're like why would I? Oh my God, that's so morbid. Five times a day? That's a lot. Why would you? <laughs> and it shows to me, I was actually having a conversation with a client. They, they reached out about a potential referral because they asked me if I ever work with people around grief. And they shared that they'd never lost anyone really close to them, which is is mind-blowing to me. My, my first brush with death uh, I was three years old and I saw my older brother die and I've lost my father to suicide a few years ago. I've, I've, I've held space for a lot of death for myself and for others. And, um, it's, I mean, honestly, it's such a gift. Like I'm so grateful for a grief artist feels like the term, like grateful for the initiation into being a grief artist mm. that I've been given because so many people like it, it gives me just this context of being able to take life less seriously and questioning myself it's one of the reasons I love that app when I'm freaking out about like what do I write on Instagram or something like that and then it's like don't forget you're gonna die I'm like oh right okay it's fine <laughs> yeah. it's fine like Instagram is not the end of the world right mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that remembering of, because thinking about death is so normal for me and navigating grief is so normal for me, but I know, and I remember when I tell people about this app and they're like, whoa, that's heavy. Yeah. I remember how abnormal that experience is in our world, mm -hmm. right? And how grief is one of the biggest emotions that we're like, oh, that's too much. I don't, I don't want to talk about your grief. I don't want to look at that. That's so uncomfortable. And so we push it to the sidelines. But what are the costs, right? Like, what are all of the things that you are carrying with you still? 
that you have not fully grieved Mm -hmm. because you didn't feel able to look at it because you didn't have someone or community of someone's to hold space for you yeah like I am so happy that you are offering that class (laughs) my sister and I have done grief workshops where we have borrowed yeah any all sorts of like ancient rituals and practices around grief and it's just it's really 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 sacred work and uh I wish more people, I hope more people open to exploring in this space. Yeah, me too. uh, Yeah. Chelsea, I could talk to you all day. This has been so (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But tell us how we can get in touch with you. So I hang out on Instagram a lot, for better or for worse. Um, I am at chelsea.quint on Instagram. Um, I'm hanging out a lot in the audio spaces. I don't know if you started playing on Clubhouse or Quilt is my personal favorite yet, um, but I'm at Chelsea Quint on both of those spaces. And ChelseaQuint.com is my website. Live Your Legacy is the podcast. It's in all the places, but mainly if you search for Chelsea Quint, the Quint name is pretty unique, so you'll find me. I'm in most of the platforms. And I'll put all the links so y'all can find that. But Chelsea, it's really been great having you here with us. It's such an important topic, all the different things that we talked about, but especially using intuition. I really want people to walk away with that, using intuition in their personal practice. And I'm interested in what y'all, the listeners, have to say about all this as well. Are you struggling following set recipes for spells and rituals? Or have you delved into intuitive spell casting, ritual work, and just living your life? And is there a difference that you can see? Click the link, send me a voice message, and it might just be used in a future podcast. So y'all take care and be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.